Snuggly Dragon Podcast. You remember Flow State? No. Where you're just, it's like a, it's a really cool term where, uh, or philosophy where it's like, you're doing something that takes a little bit of effort, but not so much that you're kind of like, like wigging out about it and stuff, but you're like really like, so they say LeBron is in flow state when he's playing basketball. Like, think about LeBron James playing basketball. What's going through his head? He's not like ooh, like pass and like, like left foot. He's like it's on autopilot pretty much. Yeah, I don't just know. Just a little just bit of another way is just in the zone. Just yeah, him just in the just zone. Just being in the like, fucking zone. Just think about like what goes on in his head when he's playing. When you've achieved that level of greatness at a sport, where like at first when you're a rookie, you're like, oh my god, I don't want to fuck up. Right. Else yeah, my really legacy nervous. would just be ruined. But now at this point, he's like solidified as one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. I'm there. I'm, I'm in yeah. there. Dude, the stats don't lie. So what? I do wonder what goes on in his head. Is it just a totally different language, or is it like everything that we would think of, but just? 25, you know, percent quicker. I don't or think, like. I feel like he's barely thinking. He's like, he's like, he's like yeah. feeling, you know, he's just yeah. like, Game he, has he knows flow. where people are and he, like, I don't think, yeah, I, th- I think he's just cooling out. He's probably like listening to, t- I mean, are, is there any, when, when would you think your flow state is? And there's all these really interesting studies, like the more flow state that people have been like, uh, stuck, like, they did. It, they've done, they did a study, and it's like the more flow state you have in your life, the more moments of flow state you have, the happier you normally are. Right. Because think about it. Like your brain's is releasing endorphins when you feel like you're like succeeding in your own thoughts. When are you in flow state? I don't know. I don't think I've re- reached that point to where I'm like doing something. Probably driving in the car. That's a, something. That's kind of a one yeah. me too. Mm-hmm. What's What's your favorite thing to do? Homework. I don't know. I think I have, have like sex. several. Yeah, sex. Yeah. <laughs> sex I think close. sex is like number one through one million sixty nine. So I mean, like, it, I don't know. Um, I love being in court. I, I love being in court. It's such a great, great feeling. That's got to be so. Yeah. Everybody's hard, looking though. at you, and it's real life too. Like doing trial ad, like the thing you went and saw. That's fake. It's it's moot court. It's mock trial. Yeah. But doing it in real life, which I've been doing, is like. Dude, this matters. Like, Dude. you can't fuck up. Right, but aren't this you... This is the test. Are you just, this like, so moment. worried? Like, don't you have to, like, think about all the facts and, like, all the evidence and preponderance of... You know how you always say that I talk with such conviction even though I don't know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's where that comes into play. Like, if yeah. I have... That yeah, skill bullshit. helps me do well. But... Because I can just stand up there and just bullshit, essentially. I mean, I got you know, have a meritorious argument, but still. Meritorious. Yeah, I haven't heard that. I don't even know if that's a word. Jurisprudence. An argument that has merit. <laughs> but you said, I mean, because because I don't know if that's a word or not, like, definitively. Exactly. And you said meritorious in such just a, a quick little, I'm like, all right, meritorious. Like, well, that's a thing. What, the first time anyone said a word was they just made that up and it became part of language, right? I mean, like. Yes. For example, yes. the word normalcy was not a word until President What's-His-Face after Pearl Harbor. <laughs> was like, was it Lyndon FDR. B? FDR. I'm a jerk. He just made up the word normalcy, and it's so mm. dope. I do that all yeah. the time, just make up words. I guess that is how just language works. It doesn't have to be a, you have these 10,000 words, and you have to stick to them. There's no adaptation. That's There's the fun, no, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's how new words come about, which is cool. Taking words and making them into different what is it, figures of speech, 
Like taking a noun and making it an adverb, normalcy, for example. Nope, still noun. <laughs> I thought normalcy would be... No, no, it's not. It's still noun. <laughs> but, I mean, so speaking of, are we recording this right now, or is this just... Yo, yeah, we're live. Yeah, well, I guess we should, we should introduce our guests. Are we live? Um, yeah, we've been, we've been cranking out oh, for a little bit. Wow. Just kind of oh, warming up. Wow. Um, oh, and we got a sick new intro that we just recorded. It's like a whole... Bump, Catch me up bump. speed. It's like, well, it's a little sound bite and it plays, and it's like... <laughs> and it's like, it's really great. I'll it's show dragon. you Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but welcome to the Snuggly McDragon podcast, everybody. Um, this is Beef over here, your boy, um, sitting next to two absurd human beings, two of my closest buddies, Nick Bergeron over on the left and uh, Jacob Shane on the right. Um, why don't you guys uh, introduce yourselves, give a little context uh, to your voice. Um, this is Jacob. More milk, mommy. <laughs> oh, God. Shane. <laughs> And uh, I'm just enjoying this beautiful Saturday with some bros. Looking forward to some great conversation and uh, excited to excited to be here. Wow. Okay. It's going to be hard to follow. Nick. Nikki B. <laughs> taking a study break to laugh, learn, and um, I can't think of a third L right now. But <laughs> <laughs> Litigate. You know, fill in the blanks. And let it go. Happy to be here. Okay, great. Well, look, dudes, this is just free-form conversation, exactly like we've been doing. Let's just dive in. Does anyone have anything they would like to talk about in particular, or uh, anything just pissing you off, like Christmas decorations too early, or last time Q-Man was talking about how when people clap um, in, at the end of movies, makes them want to kill somebody. <laughs> I have, I have I have something like relatively serious that I would love that I would love Jump to ask Nick. In, dude. So so Nick, I'm I'm very curious because I'm not on uh, that side of the coin. Like I, I'm not in law school. I don't really know anything about the the process. And so whenever I think about the two sides of any particular law case, there's defendant and prosecution. Right? In a criminal sense, in yes. a criminal sense. Yes. Otherwise, it's plaintiff and defendant. Okay. So uh, in a criminal sense, you have someone. Let's say. Like where where does the moral compass of the defendant or the de, the defense attorney meet with the fact that they have to defend someone who is possibly guilty of something like really terrible? Like, do y'all talk about like <clears throat> like an ethics in law kind of thing? Is that like yeah? So the probably basic umbrella for that is that the Constitution under the Sixth Amendment guarantees everybody to right to counsel, mm-hmm. regardless of who you are. Um, obviously, some crimes are more serious than others. And I think the moral compass issue, you think of it that the law applies to everybody. Yeah. And everyone, everyone has the right to have a lawyer. So I think from a defense standpoint, you have to kind of put away all the emotions Mm -hmm. and know that this person in the more heinous scenarios could be looking at you know, the rest of his or her life in jail. Yeah. So I think the severity of that kind of more or less helps you get over the fact that you may have some type of personal vendetta against this person when you may know that all signs point to his guilt. Yeah. You still have to represent him. Do you work your butt off trying to trying to find the loophole in litigation to like get of a course. dude off who has Yeah. That's that's kind of that's that's, that's kind of what I was asking yeah. because it's it, and I don't think that necessarily makes you a bad a bad person. I just feel like it's kind of one of the uh, just the rigors of the job. Like you just it's it's your job to defend this person as best as you possibly can. The coin flips on the other side too. If you represent if you're a prosecutor you represent the state of Louisiana, for example. Right. You may have a case that you don't necessarily believe is a crime. Let's take possession of marijuana, for example. Ooh. Say you're prosecuting a person who got caught with a half ounce of weed. 
which is tight. Which is dope. Weed is but so if you love <laughs> smoking drugs, you don't have the opportunity to say, well, I don't necessarily agree with that law, so I'm going to choose not to prosecute. You don't get that. Yeah. You don't get that opportunity. The state of Louisiana has a law that says it is illegal to possess a certain amount of marijuana. Mm-hmm. You break the law, you break the law. Break so, it. I mean, it's both sides. But what if that law is not the same law in the same country we live in 55 miles away or whatever, in a different state? Like, the, the pack up your bags and move. Like, you know, when you are defending someone, and I, I guess I'm going straight to the idea of murder, assault, or whatever. The Will Smith case is going on right now. Yeah, I mean, so, I've been following ooh. it. Like, where it's person to person. Like, where it's very, like, this 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 was a human that was alive, and now he's dead, or whatever it is. That's what I'm thinking of. But, like, if you have Nick Bergeron against the state of Louisiana, like, <laughs> is it, like what, is, what even is that? Like, what even is the state of Louisiana? Just all these people, you know, like... It's, it's a federal court, right? We it's have all, state court. over time, society has developed certain behavior or conduct that we find reprehensible mm-hmm. um, in order to such a dissuade <laughs> people from yeah, further no. committing those those acts of, of conduct or behavior. Yeah. We pass laws. Because you agree that it's not good for society. Or right. I mean, we can all agree that killing somebody to take their life when you're not acting in self-defense or war is a crime. Homicide, first, second degree murder, manslaughter, right. that's illegal. Sure. You know, Stealing from another move. person, killings, I'm out. rape, yeah. sexual assault, all of those things. The smaller, more, I don't want to say trivial, but menial crimes, I guess, are subject to debate. But regardless, yeah. I mean, when you're a prosecutor, you represent the state of Louisiana, period, without yeah. bias or prejudice. It's cold-blooded. I mean, that's just the nature of the game. It's such a juicy, like... Cause yeah, I mean, where does human emotion come into that? Like this dude killed a dude. Don't yeah. don't don't get him a better sentence, but you got to because yeah. And and it correct me if I'm wrong in this, which I probably am. But like defense lawyers are it's like I'm thinking. Of course, this is me taking Hollywood and putting it into reality. Of course, uh, and I don't know how accurate it is. Probably very inaccurate. But um, you know, I see something like uh, like the Lincoln Lawyer. Or, you know, fuck great movie. You know, yeah, it's like it's a good movie. And the goal for a defense attorney, and he's a good defense attorney, if he gets someone who pretty much we know is guilty, as little of a charge as possible. Is that <clears throat> it's a plea agreement? Yeah. Um, that happens all the time. I think a statistic says that I think three percent of cases go to trial, the rest are pled. Um, that's an interesting Kind of, it's kind of interesting. You know, and, like. and we've moved in in the context of the law. You've moved from I think thirty years ago. You almost always went to trial. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were you had a trial once, twice a week. Yeah. Now you have a trial like once a month. And the really, really serious ones. I mean, the major offense trial prosecutors. Yeah, they have like two or three or four a year. So I mean, it's it's good. Because the resources of the state are reserved, you know, it's it's expensive to try a case. Yeah. Um, you have to hire investigators. You have to hire, you know, um, doctors and witnesses, experts. experts. And, I mean, that's expensive. Yeah. Um, so if you can perhaps plea down somebody where they're still spending some time in jail, mm-hmm. but not necessarily running the risk of going to trial and being found not guilty, it's a win. That's an interesting, interesting kind of thing because then you are uh, putting a dollar amount on a crime. Oh, we do that all the time. Yeah, isn't that interesting though? Like how you're saying that this 
And I'm not you, you're saying that, mm. but like the process. The I process. heard him say it the other day. <laughs> it's fine. Where like you start to you start to put a dollar amount on a like okay, four thousand dollars equals two months in time, which equals this type of crime. It becomes an interesting kind of scale where it's like okay, yeah, mm, okay, this this works. You know, like this is fine. I, it's an interesting. You know, kind of thing because who's to say you know that that's what you have lawmakers for though. Yeah, I mean it's it's not an arbitrary process, even though it could be argued as being arbitrary. It, it, I think it's pretty arbitrary. Yeah, I, I mean, who says that a life is worth this amount of money? Um, and we have to say that, you know, like it, it. I feel like it comes down to we have to say that that's this value. Like we're signing it in either years in jail or dollar amount or, or whatever it is. We have to make these kind of comparison and I mean that's that like so the sixth amendment to the constitution you guaranteed right to counsel you are not guaranteed the right to good counsel (laughs) you're not even guaranteed the right to adequate counsel just it's reasonable counsel yeah and I might be getting that wrong but it's just the bare minimum and you have to make or not make a certain amount of money yeah if you go in the court and the judge swears you in, asks you questions, you know, where do you work? Who do you live with? If you lease a house, how much you pay for rent? How much right. you make a week? If you don't, if you make enough money to hire even the shittiest lawyer in the city, mm-hmm. you don't get a public defender. Mm-hmm. And you could spend the rest of your money that you have on a lawyer for some, mm-hmm. frankly, bullshit charge. But that's that's the system. I mean, yeah. that's, if you didn't have that, then it's a more... It's kind of anarchy. It would be the way I could describe it. If you yeah. kind of just let people go arbitrarily, like, ah, oh, well, that's not really that serious of a crime. No, yeah. it's a crime. It's a crime. Yeah, for no sure. No matter who you are, you break that law. There is an express punishment with the law. Yeah. It, I'm sketched out about, I heard something like, <clears throat> what's the stat on how many Americans are in prison? Is like. Per capita, we have the most incarcerated citizens in the world. It's like. One. 30 million. It's like 10% of our population. I think I one in say. four black men are in jail. Oh, okay. And Louisiana per capita has the most incarcerated citizens in the country. Wow. And then I also heard another sketchy thing is that prisons are privately owned, right? Some. Some prisons are privately owned. Talk to me about that. So some... That's, that's interesting. You have a financial... Some, some hospitals are as well. Yes, yeah, so you, you have, have companies, a, that's all they do is build prisons. And a lot of Ugh, companies, I don't like it much either, that's but not, a lot of companies like GE, for example, some of their products are made with prison labor. Oh. So the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution forbids slavery. Right. Ever since the Civil War, you Dude, cannot have a slave. You're doing great on your own. However, <laughs> there is a clause in that amendment that says, unless you are punished for a crime. So technically, wow. slave labor is legal <clears throat> when you're sentenced the life without the benefit of parole, probation, or suspension of sentence at hard labor. Whoa. And it's it's That's almost a good thing to put people in prison to work, right? I mean, after yeah. you've gone through this entirely arbitrary process of prosecution and trial and mm. this is a crime and yeah. it means this many things in jail, <laughs> what, do you just make them sit there all day or do you, like, make them go – but then, pay them, but then you oh, but so, like, so much. There's so much morality there. Yeah, that's just totally arbitrarily. So there are two goals behind punishing somebody in the law. The first is to deter future punishment like that from other people. You see someone go to jail for the rest of his life for killing somebody, notwithstanding the moral 
reprehensibility of it, you're not going to go kill somebody because you like your freedom too much. The second goal is to rehabilitate people. So not only are we going to punish you, but we're going to fix you so that when we release you out, you are an upstanding citizen of society. You come back in the right way. That's the goal, I think, with prisons is that you know, a lot of people I've seen sentenced, they, you know, apply to the court for to finish their GED mm-hmm. or to take any, you know, maybe drug rehab um, or any other types of classes or something. And the judge happily allows them to, you know, yeah. uh, assuming that they're um, they're able to do it. With the jail. I mean, they have like guidelines that whether or not someone can do it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's sketchy. Um, you know, it's, but at the same time, it's less money you're paying in taxes for jails. Which is always one of the things people scream about when they argue against the death penalty, or for the death penalty, saying it's too expensive. Keeps them. Why in am I jail. paying money for this rapist yeah. murder to stay you know, alive? One one thing that makes me think about it is just the idea of jail. Is like you ever heard the the thought behind you are uh, the combination of the five people you spend the most time around. Most time Whoa, around. cool. You heard of that? No, no. So like you kind of become the you take a little you take twenty percent, if you will, from the five people you spend the most time around. Holy and mess. it kind of it kind of becomes <laughs> it kind of becomes your uh, how you view the world. I mean, imagine if someone's in your ear all day. Maybe it's your mom about you know how Fuck this person. You, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> clean your like, room, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or your boss is always yelling at you or whatever. Like those people that you spend the most time around affect. They rub off affect, on you, yeah. definitely. And so, like, it's interesting. The people that we want that we should, I guess, maybe want to rehab the most. We send them off to be with each other, and. Huh. They're not going to be good influences on each other. I mean, if you Whoa. put one drug dealer with a murderer, with a rapist, with a whoever, like those five people don't really make a good kind of gumbo, I don't think. Good movie. But uh, Suicide Squad. Good movie, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> that makes so much sense. But where else, I mean, where else do you put them though? You know, it's like, where, it's like, do you put the one really noisy kid in, in class with all like the, the, the well behaved, like sitting at 10 and 2 kids, like trying to get A's? And he, dis- he disrupts them, or do you just put all the the misfits in one? Do you class? put him with all of the noisy people because you want everyone who is not noisy to be able to focus? Yeah, that's the exactly. That's we don't want the people who break the law to be living among us, so we put them all on an island for misfit toys, if you will. <laughs> yeah, it's Christmas. So um, <laughs> shout out to Christmas. <laughs> shout out to. Christ's birthday. Oh, Jesus' his birthday. Yeah, he's got to get present. <laughs> he died at 33, but still. Right. He, he would be 200 had he not been crucified. You, you said 200s? Is what you think? You think so. You know, uh, no, like maybe 2016. 2000s. Yeah, maybe. Something. I don't know. Yeah, God, like, Jesus died in like 1860 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on who you ask. Like, yeah, you yeah, yeah. oh, forgot to carry the one. Is oh, yeah, that's it. Have y'all ever tried to manage a group of children where one of the children was just a fucking ADHD oh, rambunctious <laughs> motherfucker. Oh, oh man. God. It, I, he rubs off, he or she, rubs <sighs> off on everyone else in such a way that makes life fucking miserable. Kind of a green, and you gotta, like, pelt him with tennis balls. Yeah. For example, like, I was teaching a tennis lessons to all these kids, and there's this one dude, I won't say his name, but you know who you are, you <laughs> fucking little dick. <laughs> Um, and every tennis lesson would just turn into dodgeball. Oh, where I was dodgeball. Well, because yeah. this kid wouldn't not the fun kind of dodgeball. The kid, the kind of dodgeball where the instructor is the only one on offense, and all the kids are like <laughs> running around, <laughs> crying, <laughs> screaming, and running away. But he calls you to do that. 
<laughs> yes. I mean, you wanted to do it deep down, but he kind of just flipped the switch. It evolves from I'm supposed to hit him the ball, and he's supposed to just like do what I just taught him and hit, go through the correct motion and hit it back. Right. But he's got to like rip off the girl's next to him's pants or, or just do something obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And then so then I'll uh, understandably just smack a tennis ball at him as hard as I can just to get him to kind of relax. <laughs> and then all the kids are like, oh, do that to me! <laughs> and then it just it blows up. I blame, that on the, I blame that on the dog shit parenting. Get off yeah, your ass and do some parenting. Yeah, man. You know, maybe teach your kid to not commit sexual assault when he's six and rip off girl's pants. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you know, Blake, that's that's bad move. No, I'll do it. Again, Blake. and then little, little Blake is like 35. It's like, hey, Blake, we're going to the country club to play some tennis. You want to come? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. No, no. I'm gonna chill. No, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I got, I got to bust my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go jerk off. <laughs> I got, got something to do. I got something to do. Should we medicate Blake? Should we give him Adderall? Uh, Someone who is currently prescribed to Adderall and on Adderall right now. Well, Folkland. But yeah, that's it. You're off knockoff bullshit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like the long-term effects are bad. Do we even know them, though? No. Do we even know them? Do. I don't it's think sketchy. we do. It's amazing. It's amazing. Not that I'm some uh, expert on the process of how drugs become, you know, uh, pushed on the market and become legal and, like, available for consumption, but it's not that long of a process. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, you have drugs that are really uh, strong effectors of your hormones and your psyche and your... And I go straight things. to, like, conspiracy theory with pharmaceutical companies and stuff like that. I go straight there. I, so I, I, tend, I tend to lean that way as that well. Pharmaceuticals are, are just deployed by the government to <laughs> produce yeah, the FDA. You know what? capitalism and... Uh, I don't know. I don't know shit about pharmaceuticals, but I don't like them. I don't trust them. Yeah. Something's going on there and there's you know, sketchy shit. You know what I don't trust is uh, I think the use of conspiracy theory... Is a conspiracy. The word conspiracy is, is a conspiracy. Hundred percent, yeah. Joe Rogan. I think government so. conspiracy yeah. is a government conspiracy. It's just well, the, the only thing. The only thing for me is that um, you don't, as a as a business, make any money unless you have customers. That's yeah, right. And when I look at the the fields of health and medicine, I go, okay, your goal is to not have any customers. You want everyone to be as healthy as possible. That is completely juxtaposed to the fact that as a pharmaceutical company, you have a bottom line, you have investors, and you have stockholders and people who need some money because they put their time and effort into your stock. You need customers. What is – so your best customers are the people that are the sickest for the longest. I oh, I just got over being sick like a week ago at the common cold. About a week ago. And uh, my doctor six, 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 six. my doctor was asking me what I was doing to like remedy the situation. I was telling her I was taking vitamin C and drinking a bunch of fluids. Mm-hmm. Um, and she mentioned like something beer. about vitamins. She said you need to watch which vitamins you take because most are not regulated by the FDA. Mm-hmm. So someone may be selling, let's just say, vitamin C tablets yeah. and they aren't vitamin C. They're just like orange little pieces of chalk. <laughs> yeah. What's the deal with – I mean how much regulation or lack thereof is there with vitamins? Yeah, so you uh, – it, it depends on whether or not it's considered a nutritional supplement or whether it's not it, – it, it falls into certain types of categories. Uh, and so what you can do is like <laughs> literally turn the package over and it 
it'll say these statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This is not this is not uh, produced to wait. But the treat. FDA isn't that the one that was in charge of like the fucking food pyramid? The Food and that, Drug Administration. That has just, yeah. just changed twice in the past two decades. I didn't mean to cut you. Yeah, no. Well, a little offshoot on that. If you look at Time Magazine from like the 1970s, there's a like a big slab of butter and it's like partially melted on a grill and it says like watch out for cholesterol, like the new heart thing, blah blah blah. And then you fast forward like 35 years and we know that saturated fat is not the the primary driver of cardiovascular disease. Uh, I was just saying that the other day. <laughs> and, and, and so those kind of things, those kind of things switch because if you look at the the way food is consumed and produced from like 1975 up until maybe like early 2000s, everything was low fat, low fat, low fat, no fat. And they were like, oh shit, we have to add a whole bunch of trans fats for this to even be edible. Well, trans fats are really bad. And now it's like you have these whole new movement of people who are like really starting to seek out uh, ketosis, which is a primarily fat driven diet, like 80% plus of fat. And we start to see all these amazing things that can happen for people with like epilepsy and certain types of cancer and stuff like that. And so what happens is, is like, sometimes we just don't know what the fuck we're talking about. So we just, just, we just put information out and it's like, this is the best we have right now, but we have to realize that there are certain shortcomings. And, uh, whenever it comes to vitamins and things like that, man, like you can just look and sometimes they're just not regulated and it'll say on the back of the package, this has not been evaluated by so-and-so, whatever. Uh, it's not meant to treat or prevent any disease, blah, 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 that whole statement. And uh, so you just have to be careful, man, because like just like anything else, man, there's different qualities of the same thing. Like you can have ascorbic acid, which is, a, I believe, a type of vitamin C. I think one of the most common one, like in emer- any emergency, and it can have different levels of like of quality, like just like gasoline, just like water, just like food. So how do you fuck up 100 percent vitamin C, though? I mean, how does it go from like this is 100 percent vitamin C and the next guy, a little vitamin Q, you know, nutritional place B says, oh, but ours is 100% vitamin C. I mean, is there, is there a quality of a vitamin? How is there a quality of a vitamin? Just the same way there's a quality of a protein, the same way there's a quality of a carbohydrate, like its source. Like you have to realize that okay. like whenever you, whenever you eat something, so for example, let's say you wanted to eat some lettuce, like that lettuce might be organically grown, but that lettuce is 70% water. So where did the water come from? Oh, is it, yes. Is it fracking water? Did they pour Pellegrino oh. on it? Did they pour Evian on it? So like... It's organic Somebody. lettuce, but what's, you know, these are both organic, so what's the, okay. maybe the primary difference there? Honestly, I don't really know, but for me, it makes more sense, like, because a lot of people will publish, like, hey, we went and got our stuff lab tested, and this is what's shown to be in it, this is how many contaminants per parts per million, and blah, blah, blah. And so you can kind of take that and say, okay, this is my best educated decision. Mm-hmm. And you can also, I mean, not to say price is a driver for quality, but a lot of times is. you do, a lot of times you do pay yeah. more money for better stuff. And so if you can get 30 packets of emergency for four bucks or whatever it costs and like, maybe it's not the best stuff, you know? So that's one thing to consider. It's just dicey. Everything's so, cause like kind how, fucked, how yeah. good of vitamin C quality vitamin C do you need for me? I guess what's my goal? To yeah. Live a long time and just be a fucking swag pappy. Yeah. Then like, can I get an A plus on my vitamin C grade at, at the end? Not to confuse yeah. the letters, but like, how? Like how? One, of the, one of the big things to consider with that is like vitamins in nature don't exist by themselves. Like you don't walk up on like a vitamin C bush and like, <laughs> pick, some vit- <laughs> like pick some pure vitamin C berries. You're like, <laughs> no, like you go up to a fruit, okay? And the fruit, whatever it is, hopefully like a succulent blackberry or something like that. <laughs> It's like, gotta be a blackberry. 
because you can't be a blueberry because you're walking in a forest and there's just fucking blackberries everywhere. Which means there are probably snakes. Why can't it be a white bear? <laughs> probably snake. Why can't it be? Bless. But, but yeah. um, blackberries matter. You know, and it. <laughs> Blackberries matter. <laughs> they do. They, they do, do matter. They do matter. What, I mean, ask your like everyday snake. He's gonna say that blackberry matter. Have you told Nick about your favorite fruit experience of 2016? Oh, oh dude, dude, favorite fruit experience of 2016. <laughs> gotta be the pomegranate. Mm. Highly, I feel like underappreciated. If you so like. Not only is it a pain in the ass to like actually harvest the fruit from the inside of the pomegranate, yeah. but once you get it, it is it's all pleasure. Like I'm a there's, big fan there's, of there's no yeah, there's no like hard work after you've peeled it. Like you know how in orange sometimes you have to get like the seeds and shit yeah. and like get that stuff. Pomegranates is just like smooth sailing after. And it's just this so beautifully self-contained little morsel of just explosion of flavor and you just bite into it and it goes on the roof of your mouth and like in the back of your mouth it's got this like nice acidity and then this followed up by this like this <laughs> just this sweetness and it, it satisfies your your desire to have something crunchy to have something that's, that's where it gets weird that gets me. your thirst yeah same with me and your I have qualms and the sweet you do? I mean and I understand no that. I know I have that's the only thing I have qualms about I Everything feel else like is, it's, it's an easy process to take for pomegranate I will say that if um, nailed it by the way, if all else fails for Jake in life, he should be a pomegranate salesman. <laughs> right? I just like just want see him on the stand of the corner of Carrollton and Claiborne, just rocking out pomegranates yeah. and convincing people to buy pomegranates. You know what? I feel I feel like if I would ra- I would rather be the best pomegranate salesman and be happy than like the worst. I don't know, fucking. Uh, Garbage man and be pissed. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like a lot well, of people, yeah, duh. Well, like I'm trying well, yeah. to. I'm trying to <laughs> like, I don't Dude. think anybody disagrees that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a garbage man. All right, let's say no. I mean, well, you're, let's no, say but you're let's logic. Say what about a high, a high profile lawyer? No, offense. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no offense. And be unhappy or yeah. palm grant salesman be happy? For Come sure. On. Yeah, so yeah, you're sure. saying you'd rather be happy than unhappy? I think I think that's fair to say. That's fair to say. I think I mean I think that's kind of a bigger point though. Like a lot of people will sacrifice the idea of being happy for the sake of pleasing other people and, and like maybe monetary taking a, wealth yeah and taking a position that they know they won't be happy with but will give them more money or give Validation them more status ego. Or, boom there you go you know so i would but, but I, I could be pumped being a pomegranate could the argument be made that having excess money could boost your morale and happiness therefore alleviating the negative aspects of having a very <laughs> unhappy job i i think that argument could be made the only thing i what I truly believe, what I truly, truly believe is that Blessings. money does not buy you happiness. It provides you the ability to have experiences which give you happiness. 100%. Because, like, this, this having this bottle of water which costs money, like, doesn't inherently make me happy because what am I going to do with it? But if I drink it and get the health and the nourishment from it and the experience of having a good quality fluid go into my body, as gay as that sounds... <laughs> I think I think that's I think I'll, that's more value. I will pose an analogy. Yeah. You have a really bad basketball player who makes the minimum wage in basketball, which is like five hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. If you're on the bench and he's on the best team. Mm-hmm. He's on the Cavs. Then you have the best player in the NBA who makes the most money but is on the dog shit team of the Ooh. NBA. Yeah. Who would you rather be? Who would I rather be? It depends, man. Who's happier with themselves? Did you say the worst players on the bench? 
Yeah, the worst player on the bench never sees the light of day except for when he walks outside. But then he <laughs> makes the league minimum, never plays, but the team wins championship every year. See, but Juxtapose that day. with the guy who's the best in the NBA but on, like, the Timberwolves. Well, what do you know, think? You know, what I, can I tell you what I think? Sure. So they did a study where they kind of analyzed the facial expressions of the people getting the Olympic medals right before really? they were getting, like, right before Whoa. they received them. And... To, to pose a question to you, just real quick answer. Answer who do, questions who do, with questions. Who do, you, who do you think was happier, the silver medalist or the bronze medalist? The bronze medalist. Okay. And I would say silver medalist. Okay. So they analyzed their facial expressions, and based off of this, they didn't ask them, of course, but you can kind of tell whether someone's, like, fucking geeked out, like, smiling or yeah. maybe a little Jeez. pissed. Yeah. The bronze medalist was happier. Because they compare themselves to the fourth place person, and they don't see what could have happened. They see that they took advantage of the situation that they were in, now and achieved the podium, motherfucker. And they, yeah, and they achieved what was available to them at that time. Uh, the silver medalists, they lost it all. They lost it all. So, except second place. Yeah, right. So they got second place, but they saw what they could have been. Right. You know, they didn't feel like they lived up to their abilities in that moment, and they didn't realize their full potential Oof. in that moment, and so they don't see themselves as being as happy. Whereas I feel like the person that's sitting on the bench, he's like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm not LeBron James, but I am the best version of this, and I made this team. That's a good point. You know? And, like, they might not have as much money, but it depends on, like, how much money do you need to be happy with that? So it's like... Yeah, but you don't get to play. Fuck that. You, you don't get... maybe Yeah, maybe you don't get to play. If that maybe was you the don't stipulation get to play. that yes. you were... Put, no, I mean... It's got to suck being like Anthony Davis being on the Pelicans. Like, I feel so bad for him. Like, I would leave. Chris Paul, I'm not mad at him for leaving. You stuck around for so long. Yeah. We had David West. We had, we had like, the sickest team. Tyson, Tyson Chandler. Chandler. Yeah. Like, yeah. and he gave a shot and bounced. Everyone's so pissed at him. But, like, yeah, do, the, do these high-powered athletes, once you get several million dollars, are you there to, like, play ball? Because ball is life and ball don't lie. Yeah. Or are you there to make money? I mean, I feel like if I could get paid to play basketball, <laughs> yeah, I would do that. I take seven fifty, eighty thousand dollars a year. I take a minimum wage. <laughs> Your job like is just to train. Yeah. Oh my god! To just shoot around, like have someone pass you the ball every time you shoot. Like you don't you have get to go cool get your own rebound. Too? Yeah. Yeah, here's all your free shit, and you're a professional basketball player right now. Just okay, have fun. Yeah. How easy? Thank Thanks. You. How? I think they could just. For example, we saw this when we were at Lucy's. Roman Harper mm-hmm. just rolls into the club and just hordes of just bubblingly fertile young women just <laughs> rolls <laughs> up to him. Interesting. How do you think a woman would how do you think a woman would respond <laughs> if you just like walked up to her, you know, you're at the bar and like you're opening a conversation and you just go, you know, I just had to walk up to you, you just look so fertile. That's the best thing you could be though, right? Uh, yeah. But, I, but, one of the blessings of I human feel life. like yeah. if someone and granted, I'm not a woman. Are you fertile? I mean, what's what is the physical description of fertile? I mean, you think of like a <laughs> like a. a I'm, I don't know how to. We I don't know how to word this. this. We were talking about this the other day, as we far as like physical attractiveness and how it represents fertility and maybe. Like if you blah, look, blah, blah. if you look at the shout out Victoria's Secret fashion show. If you look at Bless. the Victoria's Bless. Secret yeah. angels, yeah, would you describe her or someone who may be a little heavier? Mm-hmm. Um, because bearing a child is, I would, I would say, a stress. Not sure, but a physical strain on yeah. your body. Yeah. So I feel like it's not that bad. A woman who may have <laughs> a woman who may have curves, yeah, would be more apt to 
a woman who has wider hips right. yeah. can more easily physically jam a fucking baby noodle through so twice. Having that, <laughs> having that understanding, if you went up to someone in a bar and were like, you look fertile, that would go right there in her head. <laughs> She'd be like, what the fuck? You call me fat? Is like, that a turtle? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not a turtle. <laughs> I was just being a dumbass when I was saying that. But right, like, yeah. But we were having an interesting conversation about like, because is that your, your like, what you think when you see a hot-ass babe? No. Like, you're like, God, she could mother the shit out of my kids. I don't know. Maybe like, subconsciously <laughs> I do but like it. Yeah, yeah, maybe subconsciously. She you know? can, uh, it's a place I'd like to put my seat. Do you think... But, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think I'm like, I love her hair and eyes Boom. and... Okay, so I wanted to ask you, hair. Is long hair inherently feminine? Yes. Why? Because men don't have long hair traditionally. So I would say that mm. the opposite characteristic of a man is how I would define feminism. Interesting. Okay. I think naturally men just grow their hair long just like women do. Like if you put two babies, a man and a female, in a forest, they're just going to grow their hair out the same. The one argument that I kind of think, because we were talking about how yeah. just seeing a girl with long, beautiful hair is just so oh, wonderful. And there's something that inside of me that she goes... <laughs> But like, makes you come your pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, when when their hair is like all crazy and big and beautiful, that's not natural. And stuff. No. So like, what what is it that draws you to like girls with long hair? Because I can't I can't get them off of my mind, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> I I think that it's, and I know this is going to sound kind of gay, but this is uh, knowing how much effort. Sounding gay, I'm ready. you guys. Are, Knowing how much effort women go into to make their hair look good, I think it's almost like, wow, I see what you've done yeah. to your hair. It looks amazing. I see your effort. For us, it's Thank like we dry it off, throw maybe some stuff into it, comb yeah. it, and then it's like good to go. Yeah. Or if like you're one of those douchey dudes, don't give a fuck. You just kind of brawl out of bed, and you're like, mm, what's up? I'm here for all the free pussy. For all the free pussy for the rest is, of that, life. is that why we turn people who tend to take or turn men who tend to put a little bit more work into their appearance metrosexual? Like we kind of feminine. Yeah, <gasps> we like we we kind of care we, about their appearance. Yeah, we. So if we associate women with caring about their appearance because they, I guess, are competing for mates in that sense, they need to look the best. Yeah, but we're if, doing if, the same thing. Right? right, right, right. But isn't it interesting, like how if a guy like is pretty well dressed and like maybe you know tight fitting clothes for his physique and he does his hair a certain way, like he's, he's like, yeah, it's fucking fag, like metrosexual. Isn't that interesting? That's a shame. It's so silly. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I feel like that's still kind of like think of all of the well respected, whether it be wealthy or not, just well respected men in the world. How many of them are just total slops? Yeah. I'd say Very. close, if not exactly zero. None of them. Yeah, you can't be a slow. All of them are just like, fuck, let's, Leonardo DiCaprio, prime Very example. Few, All yeah. of our favorite guy. I mean, you know. Yeah. Hollywood Let's be honest. Yeah. So, okay. Wood. Leo looks Wood. fresh wherever he is. Except for maybe if, like, the paparazzi catches him, like, you know, scratching his balls while he's walking his dog. Or <laughs> well, he does a weird beard. Maybe he's wearing, like, a T-shirt I mean, and a Joe. But, like... He looks great in movies, obviously. But, like, he, he goes, like, a weird When he got his Oscar? Kind of right, because he's getting an like Oscar. golden hair. Yeah, and he's just, beautiful. Like, he was gorgeous. $4,000. <laughs> massive cock. I mean, it's, like... <laughs> absolute hog. Yeah. Like, all the girls, like, grab his ass as he's, like, walking past him. Like, oh, no just loving way. it. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just I feel like you gotta. And also, women love to see that guys put effort into like they do like because a it's reflection style. of how a guy looks is usually a reflection of how he treats pretty much every aspect of his life. How you do anything is how you do everything. Bless Jake Shane, <laughs> Trayvon <Trable laughs> Scott, hashtag. <laughs> I don't know. Going back to our earlier thing, the the best argument that we came up with, or at least I came up with, for is long hair inherently feminine, is because. Women don't go bald. Men go bald. Mm. Women go bald. I mean, not like, not like less. bald, like man bald, but they lose their hair. It's just like, I don't know. We were talking about how it's like got to be so Disney princessy, socially conditioned. That yeah. That's like the. Like, I do hate that. Is it, is it, you hate that? I don't like the standard that people set women to be. I just, I think it's very, it's unfair. I would love to come back to that. I think that's. I want to talk about that. I think that's awesome. Let's choose that. I mean, I like that there's, like, society kind of forces people to be better than they are, but I think it's an unfair standard for women more so yeah. than pretty much any, anybody else. Are you talking about porn? No, I'm just talking in general. I mean, it's like if... That's a factor, though. Big time. You kind that's of, a huge with appearance, you kind of have this stereotypical <clears throat> foundation that everyone says that's... That's pretty. That's I would say beauty, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah that's beauty. Ooh. We have made it a tangible idea. That's a woman. That's what a woman looks yeah. like. A Victoria's yeah. Secret model. And anyone... That's right. not what I mean, a woman looks like. I mean, that is so... Like dis- oh, and sorry, to answer your question earlier, it's like, those girls, no, those don't look particularly fertile. No. Not at all. Which no. is interesting. They look like they need to eat food. They, yeah, they, they look too look skinny. Like. And according to them, they work out three times a day, which I call bullshit on that. <laughs> and that's probably not good. No. No. I think you know what's interesting is like the this this kind of like a little bit of a, a battle I feel like we have in our country where it's like we're trying to and maybe this is going off on a little bit of a tangent but like we're trying to get uh, equality for women right we're trying to reach this level where men and women are on the same plane in all aspects whether it be work whether it be social whatever but at the same time if you look at mass media and you look at mass advertisements for these things the people who are the most Publicized are the ones who all they do is flaunt their physical features. They don't they don't really get any respect for what they have in their brain. They get all their attention from their physical attributes. That's so true. Like, that's like that's a complete fucking one eighty. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there's not. But do you believe that that's by choice? Uh, like, I believe it's I believe it's on purpose. If let's say if Kendall Jenner, for example, do you think Kendall Jenner has always wanted to be a model, or do you think that her beauty kind of like forced her into that career choice? Plus, like there's there's girl, there's I. I there's girls I see every day that I think are more beautiful than Kendall Jenner. Oh, of course. Shout out, Bay. Oh, <laughs> Bless Bay. Uh, but, you know, like, it, it's it's how willing are you? Because, like, so, for example, like, Kim Kardashian, okay, there, I mean, if you look at music videos, there's 40 girls in that video that look like Kim Kardashian. But, like, why is she more popular? I don't know. You know, like, she made a sex tape. It's not, she didn't get popular until she made a sex tape. You know, so it's like Ugh. you're willing to put yourself out there like Instagram models. Like you don't get really very much credit for like taking a beautiful picture. You get credit for like showing how sweet your ass is true. in you a picture. You get a million followers. You get a million followers for just having a sick old booty, which Bless is cool. That. But like at the same time, like you're, you're kind of pushing yourself back in the, the general progress upward. Yeah. It's got to be so respected. Hard, girl. Yeah, I feel like it's I'm difficult. so psyched. That I, I could come up with a list of things that girls have to do that just is no match for what we have to do. Yeah. I mean, what is the hardest thing we have to do? That is part of being a guy. Shave. <laughs> hardest part Anyone of being have to do a that. guy. In all honesty, hardest part about being a guy. 
probably. Isn't it awesome that we can't like really think of? <laughs> <laughs> how easy we have it. I mean, I, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, because I just love being a dude. But like, I guess some sort of social pressure to like be a man, kind of. Yeah, that like inherent masculinity that every guy has to have their pussy. Right. I mean, like, but I'm such a beast. It's like I don't even. Know. <laughs> yeah, <you're laughs> I can't even empathize with those people. Just such a beast. I yeah man I mad mad respect to that just I mean just the idea of of having to bear a child sounds so unbelievably arduous and just painful that oh, bless them I will say this there's a this there was a Louis C K uh, I, don't know, I guess you call it skip sketch whatever uh, stand up routine and he was talking about how women have to have children how that's far more difficult or arduous than anything a guy has to do in his life and he said however. If men did have children, if we were supposed to have children, we would do it way better than women. Were. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we would bitch so about sexist, it. but yeah, no, we definitely would. Oh my god! If you have ever had kids, it's like stretching your ball sack over your head times a million. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like it's nothing like that. Well, we're actually, I mean, not we're not stretching more, your ball sack over your head is a physical impossibility. Bearing yeah. a child isn't. We're not as more we capable of like birthing one, but I feel like we're more maybe perhaps more built to like hold an extra forty pounds. Yeah, you know, like we're we're a little bit bigger, a little bit more muscle mass. Uh, it might be easier for us to hold an extra forty pounds, but the whole birthing thing. No shot. Hard pass. I can just hear, like, girls listening to this conversation right now. Just, like... I mean, it's kind of... I feel like like it'd be kind (laughs) of difficult to argue the fact that, like, it would be easier for a girl who weighs 110 pounds to carry 40 pounds than it would be for us who weigh 190. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'd just be easier. That's all. Not to say we're better because of that. We're just... Men are kind of better than women, though, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Bless women. Yeah. I think Shout actually, I think, I think that's a bless hey, mom. moms. I think that's kind of an interesting thing, though, is like this, this, uh, this kind of drive for equality. Because not to, to say that we shouldn't be equal, but I think we should like relish in the fact that we are different. And like, yep, that, yep not yep, that yep. like a woman can do everything that a man can't. Do we need to have fifty like, like female wrestlers as a profession? I don't know. What that's <laughs> like, I mean, men and women, they're not. They're not attracted naturally to the same thing yeah. because they are different. Yeah, they're equal th- in status and importance. Yeah, but like they're so different. Like, so. yeah, we, we need we need oak trees and we need magnolias and we need willows. We don't need all fucking oak trees. Like, there's a beauty in that difference. And your ability to bear a child is fucking awesome. And I feel like that's kind of taken for granted. And it's like, no, I need to assume the power position at this company and I need this kind of role. And it's just like. You're better at us than a lot of things. Like, you're better at a a lot of uh, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I think it's the equality movement. I think it has a lot to do with measuring someone's potential on intangibles that they have no control over. Skin color, Mm -hmm. ethnicity, gender. I mean, if there are brilliant, brilliant women. And I don't even know why I'm saying that as like a, an anomaly. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. you know, most of the women I surround myself with are incredibly intelligent. Sure. I go to school with very, very smart girls. Yeah. And it, I think the opportunity to be able to succeed is there. I, if there is some unfair treatment, which there is, I'm sure there's no yeah. denying it. I think that that's definitely a problem. Yeah. But I don't think that 
to remedy equality, like you said, we should make everyone equal. That's mm-hmm. just that doesn't make sense. The, I think the most important thing is having opportunity and everyone coming to an agreement that no matter where you come from, mm-hmm. who you are, if you're qualified for this job, you're qualified for this job. Right. It should, be, know, based, it should be based on the matter. factors that are relevant for the job, yeah. not because of other things. Which brings up kind of an interesting thought. So do you think you should have to mark your uh, race or your gender whenever you're applying for school or taking standardized tests or things like that? No. Isn't it interesting how there's like Hispanic American scholarships and, and scholarships for it's affirmative black, action? Yeah, which I don't agree with to begin with. But I'm not it's, black or Hispanic, so I really yeah. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have I a like pony in the race. Like, yeah, I feel like it's easy for us. Yeah, like, it's for easy for us. Let's talk like, about this when we have like a Native American gentleman yeah, sitting yeah, there and yeah. like talk about women. I would be very interested in hearing like what their thoughts are about this because like, but no, I 100 agree. But yeah, let's not. The last time we got into race and it's just like. Bunch of white guys sitting around. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we have a perspective, though. It Maybe it's not, you know, we're one side of the coin. It doesn't, not to say we're right or wrong, but, you know, it is It is fair to have a perspective. As long, as long as you don't take that perspective, I think that's the biggest problem is people take their perspective and they go, okay, I'm right. And, like, I love what Aubrey Marcus says. He's like, I don't necessarily agree with what you say, but I see you and I love you for who you are and, like, I love you as me. And but people don't do that. They go, okay, I see your point of view. I have mine. I'm better than you. Yeah, that's and that's the worst problem. part. Like that's the worst part is is that we take that and we use it as a means of satisfying the fucking ego. And you saw that in the election. I think that was oh my god. god. Thing. Fuck. I, hate to, I hate to rehash that polyvance, no, but everyone was no. just so annoying. <laughs> Casual sit. And then remember, like remember when that was like the biggest thing ever, and now it's like nobody's fucking saying a word about it. Yeah, yeah, the world amazing. didn't end, you know. Oh, everyone was so bored. Four horsemen are down here, you know, torching houses and killing everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, man. It's amazing. It's amazing how how different I feel like political culture and just our social culture around politics is now that we have everyone has a voice. Like we always had a voice, but only the people that were sitting next to you could hear it. Now anyone who's on the internet can hear it. Anyone. Thanks a lot, Mark Zuckerberg, you dick. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking asshole. (laughs) I mean... Which is like... like, Which is cool, but at the same time, I feel like it's... I feel like those people don't really have a voice in the way that you're saying, like... It's just they're pissing us off because they're on our news feed. But like, sure. is anyone really listening to like somebody who's like blabbing on about but Hillary Clinton? And if shit, enough like, stupid uninformed assholes say some ridiculous bullshit enough, mm-hmm. then it eventually makes it. Momentum Twitter first. erupted today over someone yeah. saying that Donald Trump is you know uh, <laughs> in the more the more the <laughs> transvestite or something. Yeah. I mean, it's just it. <laughs> people, and also people associate repetition with truth a lot of times. Yeah. So the more times you hear something, the more it pervades the way you think about it, and it it can change it can change the way I mean, you think about it if you don't. Even there are if you people don't want who to. their sole means, their sole mechanism of getting news is Facebook, yeah, and that is amazing. mind-boggling to me. That is ridiculous. That someone would prefer Facebook to a newspaper. Actually, I can totally see how you know. Yeah. There's a lot of funny <laughs> shit on where Facebook and get, not newspaper. But so, like, where where can you? Here's another question: Where can you get reliable news? Non-biased, not uh, determined by yeah. ratings of the, a newspaper, of and honestly, I've come to think Twitter because you get to choose who you follow. But the, but the but the people who post the news that you're reading are biased, and it could be anybody, depending on the on the publication. I mean, I read the New York Times all the time, and some people would say it's liberal, but it's 
it's liberal in so far that it offers an alternative viewpoint to conservatism. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's necessarily biased or wrong. It's just they're reporting the truth. Right now, liberals are kind of a minority, even though more than half of them voted for Hillary Clinton. But, I mean, it's – you kind of need that logical voice out there. Mm-hmm. And well, you need two – you need, you need yeah. both sides. You need both sides. I mean, you have Fox and you have New York Times and everything in between. Yeah. So, I mean – It's just tough though because it's like – you know, if something happens overseas or in another state, it's like your uh, picture of the truth is coming from what they tell you. It's always skewed. And so it's like, is that true or not? Because you are, let's say you're Fox or yours, who's a liberal, CNN, CNN, uh, whatever, whatever the opposite would be, whatever it may be, whatever news station. It's like, okay, like during the, during the breaks, there's commercials like, you know, so you're a network and you're making money off of this and people need to listen to you. And, uh, like, where does the truth start and where does, you know, how you're interpreting the story end and, like, what's actually going on? And, like, and th- I think that not only is that possibly true, because I completely agree, yeah. but I think that that's also a troubling concern to have where there's automatic doubt in the veracity of media. And I think that it's like we, we doubt the truth all the time. It's like, well... Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a good thing? I mean, it is to a certain extent where you, yeah, you're, you're calling question. into question things. You're not taking everything for granted. But at the same time, it's like if CNN or the New York Times says something and you're like, well, I don't know. Let me go see what everybody else says about it. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of gets to the point where people are starting to choose what they think is truth and what isn't. Right. To fit their own viewpoints. And that's bad. Just kind of doing a little bit of a confirmation bias. Yeah. Yeah, I it it is interesting, man, because it's uh how, it, I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I just I just struggle because I don't uh I wasn't there. And like it's so easy, for example, like I think about it when it comes to personal relationships, like not personal, but let's say I see a guy on the street, like I immediately I look at him and it's very hard for me to turn off and it's like something I'd really love to work on, but I just immediately tell his life story to myself in my head. Talk talk to him about the the two big things people think your initial judgment of somebody. Yeah, so your initial judgment is of their authority and of their trustworthiness. Um, and those two things come from the shape of your face and whether or not you're smiling. <laughs> so depending on that scale, they're, you know, you can move your two kind of arrows across. But um, but it's just like you see a news story, you know, and you catch – like that's a, a moment in time of this news story. Just like you yanked see, out of context. They, yeah, yanked out of context. You don't have maybe you don't have all the pieces, and you're just getting Fox News's and not CNNs or whatever it may be. And it's like just like seeing a person on the street. Like you're telling that story to yourself in a split second, you know. And I just I, I struggle with that because I feel like that pervades the way I see the world, and I don't. I find it ironic that in order to determine whether someone is trustworthy, you're using untrustworthy aspects of that person whether he's smiling or not. For sure. So the experiment that they did was they took uh, pictures of political candidates from Australia and from Britain, and they swapped them, right? So they, let's say you were running for office in Australia. I would take your picture after the election was over and take it to Britain, and they would guess whether or not you had won based simply off of your picture. Okay. And they would take you know your, uh, your opponent, and they would say, okay, who won the election or who would you vote for? Who would you vote for would be the question. Uh, and very oftentimes, actually 75% of the time, the person that they, based off the picture, thought was the most trustworthy and the most authoritative had won the election. So those kind of like statistics come in and it just makes you think like, 
shit. <laughs> you know, like how much of what we're voting on is based on our ideas and how much of it is like image, image and instinct. Kind of yeah. And actually the other thing was the people who were less educated on political kind of concepts. Uh, they did like a standardized test kind of thing. Like what is libertarianism? <coughs> what is whatever? Mm-hmm. And the people who were less educated were more likely to pick the person based on the physical features alone, which yeah, is, think about it, which is, you know, dice, dicey for that. But yeah, man. I like. I can't even. I I get my little skim, my little uh, in my inbox every morning, and I just. I don't even fucking care about some of this. I just can't even read it anymore. It's like, at what point is it like, dude? Just live your life and and go hang out with the people you love and like take care of those around you and stuff. But like, Washington D.C. like is so far away from from me and like. It, it for now. But when you're in your 30s and you have a salary and your taxes are um, too high for the amount of money that you're paying when you have to pay for, you know, a house note and a car note and all that stuff, it matters. For us now, I mean, we still live in La La Land. It doesn't really matter to us. But, you know, when we have a family, like for my parents, obviously whoever wins the presidential election bears very highly upon how their life is going to be for the next four years. So, I mean... It does? Does it really? Yeah. I mean, under a Democratic president, the taxes for someone like my dad who makes a certain amount of money would increase. Under Donald Trump, they would decrease. So, I mean, so at the end of the day, your political ideology just determines on your financial state. Well, not necessarily. I do wonder how much of it, like if you were to poll everyone and they were to give completely... Like your dad's not a Democrat because he believes in like... Democracy no, or like my dad, my dad, his money, he, he wants to save as much money as he can. My dad is a Republican who voted for Hillary Clinton. I'm a Republican who voted for Hillary Clinton. And I mean, it's it that's just one of the many different things that a politician can do to affect your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very volatile world. You need to have someone who's at the realm at the helm just has a level head. And I mean, there's just so many things. I mean, they have a potential three Supreme Court justice appointments that Donald Trump can make. And that is huge on the law. I mean, last year, Obergefell was the case... That doesn't doesn't affect me ...was a case in which the Supreme Court said that gays can marry. Uh That was a Supreme Court case. First time ever that that a court, that a Supreme Court had ever recognized same-sex marriage. I mean, that's that's huge who you put on the court. If they had one last... If Anthony Kennedy voted conservative on the bench... Gay marriage would still not be legal. I if mean, I were gay, I would just go do whatever the fuck I wanted anyway. That's what I'm saying. All right, so say the new mayor of New Orleans decides to repeal the tax cuts that you get for films to come shoot in New Orleans. Which has happened viciously. Right. So honestly, so you would say, well, I want to vote for the candidate who's not going to do that in light of all the other things that he may or she may stand for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there are different things. Like, very, very, very rich people obviously give a fuck about how much they're getting taxed. Right. You know, same with really, really poor people. Catholics really care about whether someone is pro-choice or pro-life. I mean, it's it depends on who you are. Yeah. Again, I'm just the least qualified person to talk about politics because I'm just a yeah. spoiled <laughs> pussy in the whole world. And I, I understand it, but it's just like... I just live in my own little box. I so do. But, like, at the end of the day, whatever, you know... Barack Obama is saying, okay, this is the rule now. I'm going to be like, okay, cool. 
I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want to do anyway. Like I'm gonna what I I'm gonna do what I think is right. Like you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not. No, gonna, yeah, no, you're totally indifferent. It's just not. Which is not a bad thing. I mean, it's the cool thing about being American. You can have that choice and not give a fuck. I just think there's way too many people under the jurisdiction of the federal government for it to ever truly work. And I've kind of just given up on it. So I'm just going to keep doing my own thing. It kind of works. I mean, when was the last time we've had a war in the United States? I mean, you feel pretty safe walking down the street for the most part. Uh, I mean, for the exception of New Orleans. I mean, you see, decently, like, you don't think a, a Chinese plane is going to come fly overhead and bomb you. You know what I mean? It, we're pr- pretty protected. I mean, we live in a nice... We got it pretty good. We have it great. And that's probably why I'm not worried about shit. Yeah. Could be way worse. I mean, you could live in Afghanistan where, like, you don't have a house. And you're migrating from, like, bombed ISIS-controlled town to bombed ISIS-controlled town, hoping to find a tent. I mean, it's... But why do we have it so good? Is it because we're bullies? Because we have a huge... The biggest army in the world and shit? Like... It's a variety of reasons. What if we just lived on a nice island powerful. somewhere? Yeah. Then no one would be trying to bomb us. Yeah, you know what? People might be trying to fucking bomb the U.S. More so than they would be bombing, like, the Dominican Republic. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. You have all this, like, power-hungry culture, and these people trying to, like rule everything, then yeah, you're a lot more likely to get bombed. We've had terrorist attacks, obviously, like, I just... More people die from heart disease than they do from terrorist attacks. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> especially America. Obviously. Yeah. So, I mean... And I don't, I don't want to dwell on right, no, of course, of course, for too long, but it's just like... I don't know, I'm just blessed. Seriously. That's all I have to say about it. What's amazing is, like, the... I'm just like, going to take care of me and my own. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about... I can't. I don't have the capacity to fix the Situation that's going on with other three hundred million people. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with New Orleans, and I, I just can't be concerned with all that shit. And that's just me. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, that's that's totally true. Well, it's like those other those other ways of living in the world. Like that is so unbelievably like just not even real to me. You know, like the idea of being the idea of being a homeless person just in New Orleans sounds like the most like not even in line with what I consider to be reality thing possible. You know what I'm saying? And then there's people who like live in these shacks and like don't have clean water. Can you imagine like I turned on my sink the other day and it took like an extra half second for water to come out and I was like, hey, where, where, God damn it. Yeah, where, where's the water? <laughs> like my internet didn't load in three <laughs> seconds. And I was like, so what the fuck? Like reload, reload. Like it's amazing. Like that's not even, it's not even real. It's not even on the same it's not even on the same. That's how planet. good. That's how good we have it. It is how good that we have it. You can't feasibly think of a scenario in which you end up homeless. I mean, shit's got to go wrong. Yeah, and yeah. all your fallback plans also gotta go to the wayside. Yeah. I mean, like it's, before you went homeless, you could just move into my room. Yeah, like all my friends and family would have to die. That's a lot of people, and then I'd have to just like you know fuck up <laughs> real hard. Yeah, and then even then I'd probably. Figure something out. Yeah. You know, I'd drop the charm and maybe something would happen. Get a bet at the homeless shelter. But still, I mean, I feel like I feel like we're in a time now, 2016, shout out, almost 2017, where mm-hmm. we could, if we wanted to, like make no poor people. Like make like easily do that. And it's amazing that we that it that it doesn't happen. Like we have What do you mean we can make no poor people? Like we have we make so much food in the United States. We mm-hmm. make so much money. We have so many resources that we could 
Probably make Share homeless it? people. Like, imagine imagine all the apartments in New Orleans East that are whatever, broken or whatever. Condemned. And the gov- yeah, condemned. And the government contracts a little bit of money from the taxpayers and gets all the homeless people off the streets and pits them all in the apartments. But that's the thing. Like no pro- one wants to fucking do that. They're well, that's like, communism, yeah. right? Well, yeah, no. It, well, it kind of. Maybe. I mean, it's more social. It doesn't matter. They, like... You're taking- Everybody just give to the whole... It yeah, just doesn't, and that's the thing. It's like, like that. that's what but that's is, what Democrats is that the ideal? Do. Is that the ideal though? Like everyone is on the same plane. I don't necessarily. That's kind of believe that. We're like, but everyone, not yeah. Communism is like complete government control. Everyone's on the same. But plane. But not government, not government, yeah. because then there are still people that are above. Like literally, everyone. You got to think about it on like boom. a small scale. Like we live in a small village. That'd be like a utilitarian socialism. I guess would be like the only <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because even like there's always going to be some dude who's running the show or girl who's running the show. So I mean, because I feel I feel some level of guilt a lot of like sometimes where I like I wake up in my bed and I'm nice and toasty and like I get to walk to my bathroom, pee in a toilet, flush it down, and then I think and like I only see this in like far off worlds via documentaries and stuff. But like these people are literally living in fucking shit and like fucking plywood houses and like if if they have that. And it's just like, God damn, like my, my wealth right now, even though it's not millions of dollars, is so different from the wealth of the poorest people in the, in the world that it's like mind-boggling. It's like it's not even real. Like I don't even re- live a real life. I feel like I live this like kind of fake fairy tale life sometimes <laughs> where it's like I don't have to deal – I really don't have to deal with reality. Like the most real thing I have to deal with on a daily basis is like fucking – work sometimes and I, and <laughs> yeah. I enjoy it yeah you gotta make sure to eat at some yeah, point like i gotta go hard i gotta go in my fridge oh did i go to the grocery store today i haven't looked at how much something costs at the grocery store in like three years that's so true man and it's like you ever go to just walmart and you're like fuck this place yes it's general population that's and you just want to go back home yeah. you go back to your little end one day it's all going to end. What do you mean? Yeah, what What's do you mean? mean? You'll get to the point where that doesn't exist, where you don't just go to the grocery store and be like, oh, I'm trying to get this. I don't care about the price. There's going to be a day that will come. It comes for everybody, unless you hit the jackpot. Yeah. Where money matters and shit matters. Shit gets real. Sorry, folks. Still trying to work out some kinks with our equipment. Experienced some technical difficulty at this point. Um, Nick seems to think there will come a time where money is becomes of more importance for us, but I wonder if any of the three people involved in this conversation will ever really not be able to go to the grocery store and provide food for themselves. Um, but anyway, we carried on. I mean, everyone's got problems. Yeah. It, it's everything, like, that's all relative in that regard. It's yeah. Like, and I definitely feel this level of guilt that you fucking feel as well, just because we're so privileged. But, like, yeah. everyone has problems, and it's like, oh, his problems are worse than mine. It's like, yeah. are they? I mean, they're probably pretty bad for him. They're pretty bad for me. I mean, it's, they're as I bad feel, as he knows them to be. Yeah, and so like your worst problem the is the same it. thing. Yeah. yeah, like you said, so totally relative. The proper attitude, of course, which I think you guys have adopted, is that of humility and thankfulness, and it's kind of our duty to give back. You know. Yeah. What is that Jesuit thing y'all say all the time? Men for, for others. others. <laughs> Bless up. Six, Shout six, out six, Diesel. Six, 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 six. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Rumble High School. <laughs> <laughs> We're so much better than you guys. Oh, <laughs> hey, we went to the dome that time, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh man, that's amazing. The Raiders went to the dome. Let's talk that, about high school. That's that blows. Well, I just think that's so interesting. Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> who gives a fuck nah. about high school sports? 
<laughs> like, I mean, really. Like, except for the people playing. Like, the people who played it and, like, invested a lot of time and energy, yes. But, like, in reality, how much does that really matter? And, like, if you ever go if you ever go to a bar in Louisiana and, like, by chance it comes up, which it often does, what high school did you go to? It's always so you guys, Oh, y'all's baseball team was pretty good. Oh, y'all's basketball team was pretty good. It's like, dude, it doesn't even fucking matter. Man, I don't give a shit. So like, I don't care. It's just... Like, that's the thing, is, is how good were your sports that, teams, is, like, how good your high school was. But that matters to a lot of people in this city, where they're like, where'd you go to high school? Why does that fucking matter? Yeah. Why is it not like, where'd you go to college? Well, I don't think anyone goes, where'd you go to high school, and then we'll fire you as a result no, of the answer. <laughs> or but, like, you... Um, it's like... Yeah. You literally grade somebody, like... Maybe not me, because I'm... Because <laughs> I'm not an instructor. I'm one of those anomalies. But, like, it, someone just, like, where'd you go to high school? Oh, I didn't go to the school you went to. Oh. Hmm. This guy. Yeah, but fuck Roma High School. See what I mean? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't... I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's... I, I mean, I think that's kind of like a, a, a parallel to the, to the idea of... Um, of kind of modern society is like, what are we, who are the most, who honestly are the most important people in society? You're not asking that rhetorically. Uh, a little, I mean a little bit, but like if you were to take a guess, like who, if you, okay. So, um, the most important people, like the, in society? like the most, the most responsible for, uh, what am I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly what I'm trying to ask so that you understand what I'm trying to say. The people that are the most relevant, that we spend the most time idolizing, that we spend the most time uh, considering, like, how do they think? How do they feel? What do they do? I mean, that all depends on how you define success. I mean, obviously, all of us want to be successful. So we look to somebody who we can emulate. Like, I mean, I don't know about me personally. I mean, my dad, probably. And I mean, also, like, prosecutors from the office I work at, just kind of like being like, this is where I want to be in a year or two. So what are they doing that I need to adopt and do in order to get to where they are? Yeah. So, I mean, something like that. I mean, obviously, athletes, I'm not, like, wanting to be like LeBron James. Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to be like LeBron James in any aspect other than the fact that we're both human. (laughs) Other than the fact that we're both human beings and from the United States. I don't... And that's what I was going to say is athletes. (laughs) Athletes, like, we are kind of modern culture, like, takes these athletes and just puts them on the fucking highest pedestal possible. You know, and so like what they say is gold. Like, I mean, dude, it'll flash across our screens when we're watching a game. Mm-hmm. Like LeBron James tweeted this. Dude, how big of a story was it that LeBron James didn't feel like staying at a goddamn Trump hotel? Yeah, like some fucking oh nerds God. back there typing this up like, damn, everybody's really pumped about this. Oh, my God. Really? It's like that kind of it just amazes me. Like, who gives a fuck if he wants to stay there? Like, why do we care? Would you rather be the smartest dude in the world or the greatest athlete in the world? Smartest dude in the world. Yeah, smartest dude in the world for sure. Because then for you sure, no doubts, no hesitation. Obviously, zero doubts. Smartest doubt. Zero yeah. doubts. Smartest the amount, dude, the amount of people that you can affect and that you can help by being brilliant. You're a one-trick pony as an athlete. Yeah. Well, you do sports. Think Although, about all the people that LeBron James can help. Yeah, that's actually is true. And just because you're the best athlete in the world doesn't mean you're a total rumble raider dumbass like high school guy. <laughs> right. You can like still be a pretty competent dude. What and, Max said. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I mean. Obviously, I want to want to say smartest, but I don't think it's that easy of a like thing, man. Come on, the capabilities of the human is, body. I think it is. Like, look at look at uh, Elon Musk right now. He's I don't know like who that is. I've heard his name a lot. Tesla. 
He owns Tesla. He owns Tesla. Big he's, car he, company with all the little smart cars. Yeah, stuff. and he's coming out with technology for solar power. He's coming out with technology for water um, filtration. He's coming out with technology for air filtration. I mean, this dude is literally fucking changing the game. Yeah, he's a revolutionary. He's guy. a revolutionary. I mean, he's like... I don't know too much about him, but from what I've seen, like a once in a lifetime mind, like this dude's like ability, not only cognitively, but like his drive mm-hmm. and how he's applying that is like once in a fucking generation, apparently. True, but like can't LeBron James, with all of his resource and status that he has gained by being this pro athlete, can he hire Elon? Can he produce Elon Musk and be like, here's eighty million dollars, go save the fucking world? Well, that's the thing. I don't think eighty million dollars is going to cut it. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. LeBron James is kind of capped in his potential to help people. I mean, however much money he makes, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, he can diversify by putting his money into, like, restaurants. Like, doesn't he own Shake Burger or Shake Whatever? <laughs> that shake place? Nothing, shake nothing, nothing, nothing shake like owning fast food restaurants. Really yeah. The and, like, apparently his accountant, his accountant was like, that's a really bad idea. He goes, nah, I'm going to do it. And now he's made a bunch of money, fired that asshole. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, LeBron James is kind of limited in that regard. If you're the smartest person in the world, Yeah, you're unmatched by probably the most important thing that a person can have, and that's brilliance. Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, I want to say that. I'm yeah. just trying to think. Like, LeBron, LeBron James could give money to someone and have that person go off and do something, but, like, when you're, when you're brilliant like that, you don't change, like, what people do. You change the way they see what they do and the way they think about what they do. Like, when you affect someone and you change their perception of what's going on like of what's possible like LeBron James and not to put him out because he's I think dude, he's, bless LeBron James yeah, bless First LeBron, LeBron James. if you're listening dude thank you shout out you're yeah great. you're a beast I'm glad you won but oh, like you're an amazing athlete you can give people the idea that they can aspire to their goals but like when you're Elon Musk and you are literally giving people clean water to drink and air to breathe and like changing the way we live on earth you're you're changing the way people see reality, you know? Like you're changing that perception. I feel like that comes with being brilliant. Yeah, that's fair. I guess so. Now to be the smartest, best athlete in the world would be tight. Be dope. Yeah. You know? Like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Harvard grad quarterback, maybe not him, someone else. I thought you were gonna say Ryan Lochte, and I was prepared to laugh. Oh, no, he's a huge dish. <laughs> really stupid. I wanted to dye my hair silver. Just another example of someone from the University of Florida that sucks. (laughs) Who's the other person? Tim Tebow. Mm. Nick, I think you brought up something interesting, which is uh, when you said it depends on how you define success. Uh, And so I I would like to know y'all's definition of success. Like, I would think a creative mixture of prestige and fiscal security. Prestige. Like, if you're known in your field as being one of the best, Mm -hmm. I think in in your craft, that's defined as success. As a person, I personally think that financial security is probably the most important because everything kind of comes from that. Like, if you have enough money, you can make your entire family better. You send your children to great schools. Everyone has good health care. You live in a great house in a safe neighborhood. I mean... What if you're not happy, though? There's definitely a floor. Well, if you have a monetary things, floor, but I'm... There's a lot of people that have all those things that aren't happy. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm trying to kind of discorrelate the money and happiness thing. Because, like, 
the question was, how do you define success? Yeah, yeah, Which has totally. to be personally done. And yes, totally. I can't be like, no, you're wrong. It's right. not success. A hundred percent. Having money is dope. Having money is the best. But that's not what's going to make you happy. What's going to make you happy is when... I heard a great quote. Happiness is where what the world needs meets what you have to offer. So, like, your skills as a dope litigator, attorney, whatever you want to call it, like... Whatever you are the best at, you're going to eventually find out how to market that into your career, into your life's mission, and that's going to make you happy. It's not going to be because you just made 150 k and you're driving a Ferrari. Right. No, I'm not saying, like, making a lot of money. I'm saying... Having health care for your family. Having, <laughs> I'm saying cool, having yeah. prestige <laughs> comes, like, if you're the best in your area. Mm-hmm. If you can think about pretty much every area, or any type of field or specialty, whoever the best is usually gets paid the most. Yes. Because that skill is the best. So, I mean, I think that with, like, I, I don't want to be known as the best and be getting boned in my salary. Like, I want to have something to show for it. And I think that being able to give my children a good life is kind of something that I want to work for, towards. Like, yeah. I don't want to have to send my kids to shitty schools and have to they don't have to worry if they're getting presents for Christmas even though I mean you just gotta write Santa Claus and know his address make sure it doesn't get lost in the mail but other than that yeah. you know <laughs> which I'll teach him how to write a lot of letters I'll teach him how to like you know properly seal a stamp on an envelope <laughs> send it to the mail keep the flag up yeah <laughs> Beef what about you how do you define success because I mean it's a big question it's a big question because you have to go ahead and go back and forth between how much do you value uh, like Nick was saying, how much do you value finances? What what part of security gives you the feeling of success? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of is it just being content with with what you you know have done or have or whatever? It's interesting how like the philosophy of like personal success and achievement and stuff. It's like really cool. There's a great book called The Master Key to Riches by Napoleon Hill. Um, it really it outlines like Napoleon Hill's a beast. He's a stud. Yeah, and it, dude, this book goes through like. Uh, Dale Carnegie, like his mm-hmm. own thing, who's like the steel genius of America, whatever. Carnegie but Mellon, it, yeah. It's funny how, when you're kind of reading that book or whatever, or thinking about it, how interest, how simple it is to succeed. You, you, okay. How do you succeed? You lay out steps one through ten. You, you. The big thing is to have a goal. Yeah. Right, and that's kind of a huge breakthrough I've had recently. It's like, what is life except like trying to accomplish goals? It's like. The, it really, it's the journey. It's it's trying to do something. It's trying to just strive and achieve, right? So like you have to set goals. If it's a, with a workout program or like your career plan or something mm-hmm. like that. So success is like when you set a goal and you you work to it. And it's so funny how simple it is to like. The hard part is figuring out what's my goal. Yeah, that's the million dollar question that no one can answer except yourself. But like, if you find that man, which I think the goal for me, my goal is to. And this is so vague. They in the book they talk about how it needs to be specific, but it's like I want to just make people laugh and smile and feel better about themselves, and mm-hmm. and kind of make them healthier in that way, and make make them loving and positive and yeah. and strong and confident. And so I'm kind of studying humor and ways that I can take you know whatever you could say that I have and implanting it into something that could then be shown throughout the world or to people who need it, right? I, yeah. I really like, I want to make people laugh and smile. So success for me is like money kind of doesn't come to the question. And this book talks about how 
of like the 12 riches, like financial security is like number 12. It's like the last one. The first one is like having definite major purpose and mm-hmm. it's really awesome. Going. But like, yes, of course, money is so important. We live in a society where everything, everything is determined by money and capitalism, right? Totally. So you have to make, there's definitely a floor. But happiness, man, the goal is to be, my goal is to be happy. Mm-hmm. So how do I succeed? I guess I just got to set a specific goal, like what, make 150 people laugh, yeah. try, try and reach 90 smiles per hour, like on the interstate <laughs> or something. You know, like, I don't know, it's hard. It's great. I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm going for. That's a good, I mean, that's a good thought process, though, is to write down a month, a goal that you want to accomplish. This is, I want to have this done in a month, three months, six months, a year, five years, 10 years. Because then you have like, it, there's a little, there's stakes involved now. Like you mm-hmm. put it on paper. And then if you tell someone about that or you share that, then it's like the stakes are even higher because like if you tell someone that you plan you're on doing accountable. Yeah, you have accountability. So I think that's a good thought exercise for sure. But yeah, and just with regards to the financial thing, it's like I think if you figure out what it is that you kind of excel at, what what it is that drives you, I think all three of us are kind of pretty close to figuring that out. And if you can make, if you can get paid to do that, that's almost the game of life is figuring out how to like get paid to do what you that's like to move. do. That's the move. Yeah. Right? I think that's the that's move. It is the move. Man. I want to goof around and and laugh and use my body and just... So you want to be a mime? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can get you there. Get some black paint. Yeah. My mom... You have the white mom. taken care of. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're a white guy. Uh, my mom studied mime in Paris for six months. She lived in Paris. I feel like your mom is the type of person to do something like that. She is. Take an obscure class in Europe. That's a goal. <laughs> Dude, my mom's a Etch that down in the notebook. There's, there's a, a so yeah, there's a thought it. experiment you can do. I keep saying thought experiment. Like I'm going to stop saying that. There's a, there's an exercise that you could do where you uh, and I kind of plan on doing this like January first, maybe January second after I'm done with my hung, hangover, dude. Cause I'm yeah, because drinking party, chill. dude. But um, where you can just go. What's the craziest thing I can do this year? Or like, what are ten of the craziest things I could do this year? So like, I could. Move to Australia, sell all my things, and move to Australia. And I'm doing that. Become a beach. I'm not gonna bum. sell all my things, but I'm gonna move to Australia. Like I could do, I could fucking uh, go to Mississippi tomorrow and learn how to skydive. I could whatever. And you just write down these things, and it, like it just kind of puts in your brain, like if I really wanted to do this, I could do it. Like it could be possible because you see these thoughts, and it's like I'm not gonna move to Australia or do that. And it's like, dude, if you really wanted to, you could do it. You can do anything. Like you can, you really can just. Do anything. I mean, of course, there's processes to go through, and there's kind of laws and processes. Processes. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot to. Kind of sounds like a thought experiment. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. It's one of those because I'm a big fan. I experimented with those thoughts. Uh, I've been listening to like the same guy talk on his his podcast, and he terms it. Yeah, and he terms it thought experiment. So I've just kind of adopted that, and uh, I'm his fanboy, and I suck him off and stuff. So the the five closest people in your life, yeah, dude, determines who you are. Yeah. Well, Jake, let's let's hear what you have to say about success, and then let's wrap it. We're coming up on about an hour and a half here, so uh, I think we're we're at a great place. Um, what, how do you define success? I I find that the more you live in. Wow, you look great. Yeah. <laughs> Michael just rolled There's through with his ice. birthday, dude. You look. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's a great coat. We're definitely going to have to end this. I feel like the more congruently you live with who you know you are, like who you are as a person and what you know to be your values, 
the more successful you are. So with that, I mean, like there's a lot of people uh, and like I found this in my own life where I was like trying to be someone that I thought I should be Mm -hmm. or like trying to live in a way that I thought I should live or trying to work in a way that would give me the most money, but wasn't making me the happiest. And like if I I've switched those things 180 and I'm just so much more content. And so I feel like I'm a tremendously amount like a tremendous amount more successful because of that. And so, like, I feel like the the realization of that maybe 10 years down the line where I have my own business and uh, I'm able to affect people in the thing that I'm passionate about and improve their quality of life and, like, realize my potential, which is maybe to help 100 people instead of 20. You know, I feel like that mm-hmm. makes me more successful than, than not. I think you're doing a great job, bud. Thanks, man. I like, I'm in a good place. I think y'all are in a good place, too. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, I've been kind of doing... Um the ending segment this is episode two so like (laughs) but uh just what do you want to say to the world what do you want everyone to to be thinking i want to go last want to go last you know last or second um yeah so i'll pose a question think about it for a second for me what do i want to say to the world right now hmm last time i told everyone to just Stop getting so buttered about everything. <laughs> this time, I guess a smile is mm. free. And it's just about the easiest thing you can do to turn your freaking life and whoever you're smiling at's life around. So think about world, how much you're smiling, and then do it twice as much. That's Love what I'm that. And I- listen to more Drake. I have two things. First, if you're listening and you're wearing pants that have a button or a zipper, look down. Make sure your zipper is not undone. If you look down, major luck. (laughs) Second, um, be courteous. Oh, man. Um, Be aware that there are other people in this world other than yourself, and you're not that fucking important. Be courteous. I do love that. Uh, realize that the more that you understand someone, the less likely you are to judge them and to dislike them. Because the more you're able to see yourself in someone else, the less hate you'll have for them. And that just kind of comes down to compassion. There's not enough compassion in the world. I think we could use some more of that. Mm-hmm. All right, boys, thank you all so much for doing this. I mean, this conversation will end thank here. You. Obviously, thank you for having me. Dude, of course. Like, I hope you enjoyed your experience. You are, of course, going to be on multiple episodes in the future. But I think I think we started something pretty special here with this. I think, I mean, the reason that I'm drawn to you guys is because of this wonderful positivity and, and success that you guys emanate. And I think we can, just by nature of having these discussions, these important conversations, we can help out the world just, just by being ourselves and talking about it. So fucking love you guys. You're my best friends. And uh, that concludes the Snuggly Dragon Podcast. Six, 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 six.